0: Hello and welcome to circuit cast my name is mark williams and today i'm going to be discussing legacies circuit's 2022 program of artist cinema commissions now showing at Artspace space aotearoa in auckland until 22nd of october legacies is a program of five short films for cinema by edith and I, martin sagadin ukrit Hai, patty terrell and sriwana spong the program is curated by may edadol ingowanage and amongst other things describes legacies as things which we carry sometimes with pride and sometimes with shame as the basis of social bonding a burden, some kind of ghost. Here today to discuss the program our curator May Erdal Ingawanj and participating artists Ukrit Sanwan. Hi. Kia ora and welcome to you Hello. both. Hello. Hi. Maybe um, we should just begin by talking about this idea, legacies. So why this particular topic for this project?
1: I think legacies um, we all carry legacies in various ways. The sort of uh, big picture story that we could tell about the legacies that make us who we are, then we would be talking about certain political legacies, legacies of colonization. Uh, If I think about Southeast Asia, then the level of experience that implicates most of us would be political legacies in the sense of various histories of colonization Uh, Various histories of authoritarianism how it plays out in the present is something that occupies me very much maybe as a sense of the continuing promise of revolutions that failed in the past or maybe in the sense of the nostalgia for forms of authoritarianism you know if you think about the recent election ref- results in the philippines certain political leaders or if you think about the uh, military authoritarian regime currently controlling thailand So from that point of view, the question of legacies is very, very much present and very relevant in my academic, my curatorial, and my personal life. But I also think that this sort of notion of what are the legacies that make us who we are? What are the legacies that we would like to be rid of? And what are the legacies that we would like to actively embrace in order to try to make a future with uh, is a question that concerns all of us. So the thing that also interests me about Devising this sort of commissioning program with Circuit and with the five magnificent artists that we've been working with is to think about this question of legacies as something very big, very abstract, but also something that is so personal, so embodied, and that cuts across our experiences in so many ways, including our experiences of the families that we make or the families that we've inherited and our bodily and emotional experiences. The thing that interests me very much about this idea of legacies is it also enables us to, I think, to think, uh, to talk and to imagine about things which we, things that we do and things that we feel or how we act in ways that we can't quite help ourselves. And for me, this also very much ties in with my experience of motherhood. Fascinating experience, difficult, fascinating experience of motherhood and parenthood is there are then certain things that you do or you say which unearth so many elements of past experiences which you thought you'd forgotten and you thought you'd left behind in the way that's you know those sort of things that are hardwired into you somehow suddenly surface in your sort of day to day attempt to be a, as decent a parent as you can.
0: I love the way you went about this project May so just for, to outline how the project started, we've worked together on and off, for, I guess, for about 10 or 12 years um, mm-hmm. in various contexts. And you had a kind of base of knowledge about New Zealand artists because you've been here before, you presented at Circuit Symposium and you also showed New Zealand work in Thailand a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we looked at, I guess, uh, maybe about 25 artists' work and talked about these artists' work in relation to your research interests well, what I really loved about the project is when it came time to deciding what the project might be you presented the artist with I guess some thoughts and invited them to respond and then from the mm-hmm. conversation you had on zoom you fashioned the idea for the project out of that is that the way mm-hmm. you would normally work as a curator or was it perhaps this topic that kind of made you work that way
1: I think maybe the topic itself invited that way of working but I also think that it's uh, it's a way of working which I would like to do more and more of because it actually, it asks me as a curator to start the process by revealing quite a lot about myself and my interests and what, what are the sort of vulnerabilities and uncertainties that I carry. And, you know, we go into the conversation with each of the artists with that, rather me turning up with this sort of a very big, fixed and abstract curatorial concept and, and then putting pressure on the artist to adapt their ideas to that. Uh, I also think because of the distance and the way that all the conversations we've done have had to be via Zoom, Um, you know, we don't have the privilege of, uh, I I wish I had more capacity to hang out with each of the artists, spend a lot of time with with each of the artists, but uh, we we don't have the resources to do that and we're all living in pretty far away from each other. So start by trying to open up the space to tell stories to each other about our lives as an entry point into the project. Uh, I, I felt was was an appropriate way to try to do this.
0: Todd, could we talk um, to you a little bit about your project? It's based in Thailand and it concerns a mobile cinema unit that went village to village in the 1960s showing propaganda films. How did you discover this history?
2: Yeah, I think I, if I read it uh, from my article Yeah, because she—it's not many people that deeply deeply research into this area, especially in Thai. And after that, I tried to get into uh, the document, the real report of this mobile cinema team, which luckily I I found, like many of them.
0: What was the aim of this propaganda unit that was travelling around the countryside in Isan, which is northeastern Thailand? Is that correct? Yeah. What were they seeking to do by showing... These films, which were kind of documentary in nature, what were they trying to, to get people to think?
2: I think it's kind of like a reactionary response from the U.S. government and from the Thai government, because in that time, the anti-country, like a nearby country, was already being occupied by the communists, and they just want to keep Thailand as a uh, like a, the base to to fight against uh, the influence of the communists in the area. Actually, they they use many things not just only cinema any kind of media try to uh, convince people like portray communism as a as a pure evil also all together with the development of the country from the money from the US as well so they' are just like a bigger scheme altogether and uh, this propaganda mobile unit which is only a tiny part but It also play kind of crucial roles in
0: in this operation. May, how did you find out about this history?
1: So this is uh, research that I did on the history of mobile film projection across this particular region, northeastern region in Thailand. And what interested me about this phenomenon was a couple of things. One was the way that mobile film projection came to be used in a more sort of ritualistic context as part of the practice of film projection in order to give offerings to local spirits. The other way that mobile film projection was used, which is um, what informs Ugrit's work, is that it was used for propaganda purposes, as Ugrit says, for uh, anti-communism, but also alongside that, the way that film propaganda as part of the sort of Cold War anti-communism drive, the way that that played out was also not necessarily to show films that directly said very bluntly and directly that communism is really bad, is really evil, but also to kind of create this ideology around the virtues of development, which is precisely what the, the film that uh, Ugrit's work then projects, and this is this is the, the strategy of anti-communism at that point was actually to kind of sing virtues about how development is a wonderful thing, and you know this is where the U.S. is a friend of Thailand, and this is why the military state is so great for the people. So there were f- films being made by the U.S. Information Service along this theme, celebrating the figure of the the, so the, the great modernizers of society. So people were sent out to project these films in order to try to win over the population to a certain notion of the free world. So not not necessarily anti-communism as a slogan. The slogan was actually the the free world. You want to belong to the free world. You want to be part of this world where development uh, and growth will be offered to you.
0: So if we think about this film in the context of a programme which is based around the idea of cinema, in a way, it's, it sort of speaks to cinema kind of being a kind of agent of colonialism.
2: But actually, if I am honest, I am not really attracted to cinema since I watched Ashao, since I was a kid. I just started watching films maybe in early twenty. But I am also interested more in, in that period of time when of this audience and in my opinion, they may have heard about movie before, but they have never watched it. They may have some imagination about it, about how films should look like. And when they first experience it, they watch the propaganda
1: films. What Ugrit is proposing here is that actually we have to think about the history of cinema in places like Thailand as a history of the power of propaganda films not primarily the history of cinema as a sort of commercial, theatrical, mass cultural film form. So I think that's that's a really important insight. And then what really fascinates me is the nature of cinematic memory. So the way that, you know, this mythology about the early film audience, the primitive film audience, then uh, gets transmitted uh, in the context of this anthropologist slash spy for the CIA, I guess, generating reports. During the Cold War, about what it was like to show movies to the rural people of the Northeast. And then, suddenly, at one point in the report, he regurgitates this cinema's mythology. It's not relevant whether it's true or not. The truth of that uh, statement is in the way that it gets uh, reproduced, circulated in different contexts around the world. And then, Uglit, you When you were finishing off making this film, you also told me this really intriguing story about how the people in that village that you went and projected the movie to, one of the people who helped to do the voiceover still carries the memory, this sort of uh, mythology or memory of the primitive audience. Um, Tell us about that, because I think it's totally intriguing.
2: Yeah, she she is a, a Buddhist nun but she possessed this memory from her mother. She told me really vividly about how her mother told her about the same, same mythology that there's a woman is running away from the screen when the picture of the train approaching. And yeah, and it also wrote in the report, which is I, I already surprised that uh, wow, this is kind of like a, an anthropology report that's very official. They wrote this, like the real audience back at the time run away from the screen and uh, when I asked this person this put this nun to uh, translate from english back to uh and dialect like, thai Isan and dialect she also told me that like, the same story that she also heard from her mother as well
0: could you tell us about the new shots in your film because the film is sort of divided between these kind of recreations where you set up a projector maybe and in a room and project the film, but you also have these shots of like someone cycling down a, a, a road, a religious ritual happening by the water. Why did you choose these particular shots?
2: Yeah, it's it's not about the shot. it's, it's actually about the location. Uh, actually in the film I just traveled back to the location that was wrote in the report, which is once the location that this this team traveled to to show. The propaganda films and i hope it must be this the one that i use in the film as well to the, the, the community development and i also went to the place that appear in the film which is the place that the users film this movie so i travel around and uh, try to capture like nowadays activities it's a bit random for this one so that's why i describe the work as a travel lock
0: may perhaps to finish off have you any thoughts about the other three works in the programme? Maybe just your general impressions of how the other artists have responded to this idea.
1: Oh, all the works in the programme, uh, they're truly wonderful work and I, I do hope that um, people, as many people, see these uh, the works in these programmes uh, as possible. I think a couple of really key ideas, I suppose, resonate throughout the works in the program. Um, One is to do with what is kinship and how do we make kinship in the present? Um, We see this in Edith's work and also in Sriwana's work and um, actually Patty's work as well. So the way that they take up the idea of uh, making kin, sometimes in the context of Ancestors, not necessarily ancestors in the sort of um, literal and conservative sense of who are you sort of tied to through blood, but maybe ancestors in the sense of your people, mm-hmm. uh, ancestors, predecessors in the sense of uh, extended family, uh, who you want to their kinship as an act of agency on your part to establish a connection with your predecessors. I think that theme comes through very strongly and very powerfully and uh, movingly. Uh, in Edith's work the question of family and the ethics of making family again becomes a question of the agency of a matriarch in raising her siblings and her so the idea of family as actually expansive and extended um, is, is a very important one and I think one that is so central to our time you know the importance the continuing importance of families and kinship in all of our lives but also families as an an act of your agency and as an ethical act on your part in order to try to make a future for yourself and for others. The this film, a portrait of Epiphania, the matriarch, does that so powerfully and so beautifully. The other uh, really strong resonating dimension of this programme, I think the nature of artistic creation, when that creation, the person who creates see themselves as connected to far larger forces, to far bigger histories, that comes through really, really beautifully. So we go from Martin's work, a portrait of uh, his friend, Caitlin, um, the ceramic artist. It's such a beautiful portrait In, in many senses. Martin is so totally cinematic as an artist, and I love that about their work. Uh, But the portrait of Caitlin's process of artistic creation here starts with Caitlin returning clay that has been shaped into a beautiful pot shape. But the process of artistic creation is the act of returning that clay to the soil, to the place where clay as material uh, was taken from in order to then make work. So it really I think beautifully overturns our idea of what it is to artistic artistically create and to artistically create is not to generate something out of uh, you know uh, the contents of our heads or our bodily experience to create is actually to return to be part of a cycle of regeneration decomposition and leading to the next cycle of uh, generation I think that's that's so beautiful. Um, and in the case of Sri's and Patty's work, uh, we talked a lot about making as remaking, I suppose. So I was talking to Shri and Patty a lot about my effort to write a poem. That was what I I kind of started trying to do during the pandemic, trying to write a poem for the first time. And I picked up this book which teaches you how to write a poem by adapting from the structure. The shape and the structure of existing poems. Um, and so I talked to Sri a lot about this, I talked to Patty a lot about this. And in their works there are sort of, I think, traces and echoes of that conversation in the way that they then sort of take the the form, the structure of an existing existing point in Sri's work, um, a call and response chant, part of a funeral ritual in Patty's work, and they then make their own iteration of, I suppose, that poem or that call and response from an existing existing work. So I think the idea of artistic creation as recreation and as a sort of taking up of uh, sounds and structures that have been there before comes through really strongly and and really beautifully um, in, in the programme. And it also makes for such a, an intensely cinematic uh, experience uh, in the sort of sonic sense as well. Dying to be in a, in a sort of cinematic environment to see the whole program.
0: Well, thank you so much to both of you for taking part in this conversation. It's a really terrific program of works. So very happy that Circuit has been able to work with you both. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.